Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 150 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltaka. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, today on the show, you know, firearm politics are back on the front burner. Also, the Liberal Party has rolled out their public safety dream team. What a circus. Like, wait, where do you see it? So, you know, you, I, I started to talk about clip of the week because I was doing that for the TV show uh, on Wild TV. And you get three clips today because uh, <laughs> it's everything you'd probably expect if you've been following along the firearm related politics of, uh, you know, um, uh, in Canada and the Liberals' uh, delivery of it or whatever, right? So anyway, we're going to have a look at these folks and uh, some examples of, uh, of what makes Liberals Liberals, I guess. Also, the anti-gunners, all the usual sp- suspects that you would imagine, right? All the people that just have a hate on, a, a preoccupying, grinding hate for licensed gun owners and, and Canadian gun culture, legal gun culture. Uh, they threw themselves a bit of a party. I guess they're calling it a conference. But everyone was there. It sounds like some kind of bizarre fairy tale or nursery rhyme. Uh, but uh, we'll chat a little bit about that and a bunch of other things with Ms. Wilson when she uh, when she comes on. Um, anyway, we've got a lot more to talk about. Uh, but first, let's. Uh, I just want to mention some of the sponsors of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Bullseye North stocks a wide variety of guns, ammo, optics, knives, and accessories from all the big brands and offers free shipping nationwide on orders over $200. Some conditions apply. Sign up for their weekly newsletter to get zeroed in on their weekly deals and live inventory. Bullseye North is your sports shooting superstore. A huge thank you goes out to our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR and the CCFR radio podcast. Check out all their great work at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. CTOMS has been a provider of trauma care training to military and police in Canada for nearly two decades. Now this emergency medical training is being made available to a wider audience through CTOMS Academy online courses. This online training is valuable to anyone that pursues sporting or outdoor activities or finds value in being prepared for a crisis. Visit ctomsacademy.skillbuilder.co and use promo code CCFR30 for a 30% discount on all training. And thank you so much to our great friends over at Vortex Canada. They continue to support the CCFR podcast and the CCFR. Can't say enough about them. Check out all their great products at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. Vortex, the force of optics. All right, we are back. So first thing I want to talk to uh, talk to you about is uh, the CCFR did file its injunction application. So it's been filed and being considered by the court as we speak. We have a uh, case management conference October the 4th. So I think if you're watching this the day that the podcast comes out, it was a couple of days ago. Um, but uh, hopefully right now it's being considered by the judge and the judge hopefully is going to see fit to tell the government to start acting in a responsible manner that you would expect a G7 government to act in. You know what I mean? So um, obviously, we it's not us that's forcing the government to renew the amnesty. They would do it anyway. But as I said in the last episode, the reason we're doing this is they should, they should have renewed that three months ago. They know they don't have a buyback. They know they're not even close. They should have done it three months ago. But instead of doing that, they wait right to the last minute. 
so that Canadians, especially I'd say older Canadians that aren't, that don't live in, in politics like we do, like this is our job, right? So we know how all this stuff works and we know when they're going to, you know, that they are going to do it. They have no choice but to do it. But normal Canadians don't, don't even look at politics. Many Canadians don't look at politics at all. And why should they? They should be, they should just rest assured that the government is acting in a moral and responsible manner, not like the liberals, right? I mean, they, I'm sure some people are still shocked that the liberals act the way that they act. So we're saying that we want the court to force them to do it in a timely manner. And again, as I mentioned, just I know it's a bit of a review, so just bear with me. But the reason I know that people get have anxiety and, and have stress over these things is we get the messages at the CCFR through email. People phone the 1-800 number. And they're, and they're like, you know, uh, do I have to surrender my guns? But there's no, did I miss the buyback and now I'm not getting money? Or like, like you'd be surprised how many people just don't follow this stuff and are now panicking. But I guess this is funny to the liberals, right? It's certainly funny to anti-gun organizations and individuals. Oh, they think that's hilarious, right? Because in, in their minds, they think, well, gun owners just deserve it. They deserve to be lied about. They deserve to have their stuff taken. They deserve to be minimized and mocked. And, you know, like that's just comes, you know, if you if you don't live your lives the way that we live our lives and you're different, then you just deserve anything that we decide that, you know, we're going to start dishing out on you. So where is all this going? I'm going to start it off with a little bit of fun. We got, a, we got another crazy poly tweet. All right. Check this tweet out. So it says hashtag CCFR setting the stage to take credit for something that'll happen anyway. It's so obvious that the government can't complete a buyback program in just six weeks. It's been three and a half years, Polly, by the way, but who's counting? And at this point, has no choice but to extend the amnesty. Got to justify all those donations and membership fees, though. Hashtag PR ploy, you know? And it's like, well, I don't know. Are they smart enough? I, I know it sounds kind of silly to even ask that question, but are they smart enough to understand what we're doing? We're not forcing them to do it. We're forcing them to do it on a reasonable timeline, right? Instead of acting like a bunch of bullies and trying to make people feel small and 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 feel anxious and have that anxiety and that stress like, oh, we're just gonna take your guns anyway, forget about what we said about the buyback. We're gonna let the amnesty run out and we'll just take them, right? There's a lot of Canadians that don't don't know how this stuff works. So, you know, I think they, they do know that. They, of course they know what we're doing because what we're doing right now is our job. Our job is to be a group of people that have enough resources and expertise to punch the government in the face 10 different ways when they try to try to harass or, or attack gun owners. That's our job. And we do our job every single time, right? And that, of course, that, that just grinds Paulie's gears, right? That just grinds them. So they have to fling poop or whatever other substance they have in their little, in their claws and their little clutches at us at every opportunity. It's just... I just think that, that it's interesting. So whether, you know, and, and they know it, and that's probably part of it what makes them so angry, that we show up every single time, whether we're doing something like this uh, injunction application or we're suing the government or we're running a, a marketing campaign against them or we're doing awareness campaigns so that all gun owners know exactly what they're doing behind closed doors, like the amendments and all the rest of that garbage and these lists and new definitions. And then, or, or they're saying they're listening to indigenous voices and then not listening, actually treating them with a massive amount of disrespect. We expose all that stuff. We are there every single time and it just drives them crazy. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, we, we've talked about 
I, I describe them as cry bullies. Same thing with the docs and the rest of these lunatics, right? Cry, cry bullies. Because what they do is they sit there and they fling this stuff. It's, I guess this is a, this tweet is generated because we haven't been paying much attention to Polly. So they're like, oh, we, we got, you know, we got to somehow provoke the CCFR into responding somehow, and then and then you know we can run to the media as if we're being attacked, right? Harassed and attacked the victims, and then they'll write a story about it, right? Or we'll get the government to say something in the house or on media about it. You know, these, how we're constantly being attacked, and this is what they do. They sit there. And they fling, fling crap until they get a reaction or whatever, right? And sometimes we'll play with them because it's fun. And other times we just ignore them. So when we ignore them too long, this is what you get, right? The cry bullies. They keep poking and poking and poking and so that they can become the victims later. And they do it, of course, completely intentionally. Anyway, I don't think I'm, I'm sharing any big news with anyone, anything you haven't heard before. You know exactly who and what these people are, you know? And this is just an, another example. Anyway, it was pretty funny. More crazy poly tweets. I don't know. <laughs> I have to wonder what they're really doing over there, right? But anyway, we're going to move on. Um, now, a couple, of, uh, a couple of things. I don't want to make a whole topic of saying, here's all the reasons you should watch the next episode. But I do want to mention a couple of things. Number one, um, usually on the television show that we have on Wild TV, CCFR Radio on the Air, I usually like to have a segment with a guest, then a segment with Tracy Wilson, and then I've got an, an intro and an outro. That's how I like to structure the TV show. But lately, there's been so much stuff going on that it's just been two segments with Tracy, and we're just, and we're racing even just to cover everything that is fairly important in our world as, as gun owners. Um, but anyway, I didn't get to do it this time around, and our ch chat with Tracy Wilson, I still think it's like 20, 25 minutes or something. I, I, I forgot to look. But in the next episode, I will have some guests for you. So something's going on with a shooting club in Ontario, and the CCFR is getting fully involved in it. And it's basically the launch of another CCFR project in a way. It'll be a sporadic project. It'll come and go. But I'm just excited for you guys to, uh, to, to hear what's going on. And it's also important that you find out what's going on with some shooting clubs across Canada um, when it comes to um, issues with neighbors. So there's your little, there's your little hint about what's going on. So I got a couple of very important guests um, to, uh, to come and have a chat with us in the next uh, episode. And you'll see what the CCFR, how the CCFR is getting involved in all this as well. Now, that's reason number one. There's two reasons to watch the next episode. And reason number two is I will be finally unveiling a new CCFR project. It's going to be um, along the same scale. Actually, it's going to be a little bit bigger than the Scrap C21 project. Um, it's a close cousin to that, uh, but it's a, basically another, another offensive that we're going to be running, very similar to that, but different in a couple of ways. So I will be releasing all those details to you in the next episode, so make sure that you are around for that one. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say one more thing in the intro uh, so that I don't have to say it at the end and I'll just make the outro really quick this time around. But uh, I'm sure a lot of you have already heard that, uh, that hunting icon and hunting show pioneer uh, Jim Shockey lost his wife Louise uh, this past week after a long battle with cancer. So um, some of you may know that I have fought that battle twice myself. Many of you out there have uh, have fought and are fighting that battle. And it is uh, 
that is not a comfortable place to be. So I just wanted to offer uh, my condolences and the condolences of everyone at the CCFR, the members, the the um, the staff, the organization uh, in general. Our deepest condolences to Jim Shockey and the Shockey family uh, for for their for their loss. So um, I did go on uh, Jim's Facebook page and saw a video. Apparently, they he him and his family have received a huge outpouring of support and messages, and uh, and that um, and he'd mentioned that it meant a, a lot to him. So hang in there, Jim. The community loves you. And uh, again, our deepest uh, condolences for your loss. All right. Uh, I think that's all I have to cover for now. So let's get Tracy Wilson on the Skype. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Wilson! <laughs> there it is. What's the good word? How you doing? Well, fall is in the air, and so is politics, because both the House of Commons and the Senate have resumed sitting. It's very exciting. Well, it's going to get more exciting, even though we actually have a full list of stuff to talk about. So why don't we jump right in? Uh, can you give us a quick Bill C-21 Senate update? Yes. Yeah, so as you remember, the bill was sent to committee in the Senate, that's SECD, uh, for study. Now, October 4th, that date may have already passed by the time you're watching this, they had their first meeting where they were basically going to set the agenda for the study of the bill. The, this is an in-camera meeting, so we don't get to see what's going on, but it's where everybody on that committee will decide how it's going to go, how long it's going to take, and how many witnesses they're going to hear from. So, yeah, we should have more to come on that soon, but yes, they are starting to get working on it. So we're getting to the point maybe where some witness list will be, <clears throat> lists will be released and we'll find yes. out uh, whether we're going to have an opportunity to talk to the to uh, the, the Senate of Canada as well, right? Yes, I'm quite confident that we will. But yeah, there's a lot of voices that didn't get to speak to this bill in the House of Commons, didn't get consulted, First Nations, Indigenous peoples, all kinds of peoples. So I would imagine there would be uh, some lengthy lists that need to be going going through. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move on <laughs> because we, as doing a little digging around and getting ready for the politics season, we uh, we did a little bit of research and kind of figured out what our uh, what our battle space looks like. And yes. we talked previously about the new public safety team uh, for the Liberal uh, government. The the dream team that they put forward, one of the uh, one of the members, well, I guess the leader of that team was Dominic LeBlanc, who's a fairly serious MP. And yeah. his, you know, they stuck public safety on his existing portfolio. But I think the uh, the exciting part, the interesting part is the new parliamentary secretary for public safety. And that is a liberal MP uh, named uh, Jennifer O'Connell. Yeah, <laughs> so Jennifer O'Connell um, has had quite the uh, the time in the House of Commons. She's the new parliamentary secretary. So, of course, she also sits on the Public Safety Committee. And, uh, yeah, Pickering Uxbridge MP, sort of the GTA area. So, yeah, lots lots to learn from her. <laughs> well, we're going to have a little bit of fun learning about uh, Ms. McConnell, uh, as it were. So uh, I, I think what we're going to do is... I have three clips to show uh, in this section okay. with with you and I, and we'll call them all clip of the week. And that way, we've, okay. <laughs> we've got clip of the week. And this one, this one's pretty good. Uh, MP Michelle Rempel uh, is asking for an update on is the gun buyback coming, and if not, what's the update on the amnesty? Why why mm -hmm. are you guys waiting? You know, are you going to have a gun buyback in the next four weeks, or should you just hurry up and go and extend the amnesty anyway? Check out the clip, right. and we'll talk about it in a second. 
And I was hoping that the minister could just provide an update and also if they could provide an update on the status of the October 30th amnesty as well as the status of the buyback program. Thank you. The Honourable Province, your Secretary to the Minister of Public Safety, uh, De Democratic Institution and Intergovernmental Affairs. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and I thank my honourable colleague for her question. Certainly, the minister, the new Minister of Public Safety, is working hard um, with colleagues and his critics across this House to discuss his portfolio and certainly meeting with the Prime Minister in terms of his mandate. But, Madam Speaker, I think it's important to note that when it comes to gun legislation in this country, Canadians have sent a very clear message that we expect to take dangerous assault rifles off of the streets that were meant to do maximum harm. In terms of the buyback program, this is something that the government is working on. We're still consulting and ensuring that the rollout will provide the clarity that the member opposite is requesting and the details in terms of the BIPAT program will come forward and will ensure that Canadian communities are safe. Thank you. So did she even attempt to answer the question? What, what even was that? It was almost like she was a super tired, scared schoolgirl who didn't even bother to answer the question. It's a valid concern. You've got hundreds of thousands of people that could be exposed to criminality at the end of the month. And she doesn't have an idea what's going on. Well, nor I mean, she went straight to, and you'll see, you'll as you've seen, I sped up a whole bunch of it because, and and, and I think this is something that, that you have to qualify for for the liberals. You have to be able to not answer a question, but right. be able to talk for at least five minutes. So you you saw in the clip that I sped that right up because it was like, oh, thanks for your question. What I'm going to do is use this as a speech about assault weapons and assault rifles and their made to kill the maximum amount of people in the shortest amount of time. And, you know, no one's going to, no one is, be, is able to keep Canadians safe other than the liberals because of our effective legislation, all this stuff. Um, she went on and on and on at the end of the day, basically said, yeah, the, uh, the buyback's not ready. We're still consulting like they were literally six, seven months ago, number one. Oh yeah. And number two, she didn't yeah. even address the amnesty at all. No, it's crazy. Like it's, yeah. it's been well over 1200 days like it's three and a half years and I'm in no hurry for a program to be developed because personally I've always said I think it's impossible but the fact that they're just leaving Canadians who through no fault of their own are exposed to criminality with no no answer to when something is coming it, it's totally unfair and exactly why we filed an injunction yeah well I mean she's and and you know what she's interesting because she was doing the climate change thing on behalf of the Liberals yes. for a while, right? Tough file uh, for a variety of reasons. It's like, we have to make you absolutely broke and destroy your future um, because climate change. And so she had right. to defend that. They, the Liberals threw her out front on uh, during the uh, uh, Chinese uh, interference scandal yeah. to get eaten by the wolves because it was indefensible. And she, you know, I, I watched a bunch of those videos. I captured them all. And... Uh, and she's, yeah, she's just somebody that just spews rhetoric. I think she's completely and absolutely incompetent. That's my take on, on that. That's my opinion. And now they've thrown her on this, this albatross of a gun file. It's very interesting yeah. to me. 
Yeah, I feel like, you know, I mean, I feel like she's just sort of your token millennial female that they're going to stick into different positions. And like she says a whole lot of words, but actually doesn't say anything, you know? Yeah. Well, she's from, she's cut from the Trudeau cloth, I guess. Um, But as far as the kind of person she is, as I was looking through all these clips, I I found another clip that I found was interesting um, of her trying to tell, trying to tell the conservative MPs and by extension Canadians that all this violence is the fault of conservatives, not of the liberals. (laughs) Let me guess, Harper's fault. Yeah, yeah, of course it's Harper's fault eight years later. But anyway, uh, check out the clip. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, To my honorable colleague, I don't know if he was here earlier, but the uh, opposition House leader, she came in her speech and read out statistics of uh, of gun violence. And in fact, she tried to blame liberals for an increase in violence. However, it's actually under the very legislation that conservatives enacted with mandatory minimums that saw an increase in crime rates. So could the member speak about... Order. Let's uh, let's get the question. I don't know. I wear it with a badge of honor. I don't know who upsets the opposition more, myself or the member for Kingston and the Islands. But when it comes to the fact that the conservatives had failed policies when it came to the criminal justice system, can my honorable member comment on their failures? The member for... And in fact, she tried to blame liberals, tried to blame liberals for an increase in violence. You know, it's always amazing to me just how disingenuous and dishonest and black-hearted a lot of these politicians are. And I think, I mean, you're going to find people that gravitate towards politics to be be like that. You'll find a lot of people like that, right? But I find that in the liberals, it's like they must train people to be like that, to just basically lie in your face when you have all the data and evidence that shows they're lying and they'll just ignore it and, and just tell you that you're, it's like it's just gaslighting. It's like a huge part of their approach to politics or approach to even managing the country is gaslighting people. Mm-hmm. Well, and what a terrific, incredible self-own to put herself in the same category as Mark Gerritsen. Like, you said it, sweetie. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Aspiring to be as famous uh, a troll as Mark Gerritsen. You know, it's you know, it's funny. There are there's something that Mark Gerritsen and Jennifer O'Connell also have in common, besides being completely worthless, um, is that both of them have their replies turned off on Twitter. Of course like, they do. You and me okay. are the gun lobby. Like, how does it get much more difficult than that? Right? Is just be running the gun lobby. Right? It's it's like trying oh, to convince yeah. Canadians like- that. You know, mainstream Canadians that uh, people need AR-15s and handguns, right? And and then right. and deal with the need argument. You'd think that we would be the ones that turn off replies, but it's like yeah. these are sitting government ministers, and they can't even allow replies because they get destroyed um, mm-hmm. every time that they tweet something, and and they they tweet enough ridiculous gaslighting tweets that the 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 backlash they get is so is so intense. The party probably are the ones that said, listen, if you're going to act like this, we can't really stop you, but turn off the replies because people see right through what you're saying. Oh, yeah. They're getting ratioed so hard that they just can't leave replies open. And that also, you know, the problem is, is when you tweet something out, if every single comment or reply to it 
is negative to what you said. You know, it's sort of, it, it erodes at the credibility of what you're saying. So they just solve that by just turning off the replies. Like, hey, I don't have to take any accountability for what I've said or back it up with any evidence. I'm just going to stick it out there, turn off replies, and too bad. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's quite a mess. We're not the same. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. All right, enough yeah. uh, about them for now, but we are going to talk a, a little bit about uh, O'Connell in a second. But um, SECU has new committee me members. So... I guess what does that happen at the end of the year? Is that when when does that happen? Do you know? Um, well, this is a new session, right? So Parliament into a brand new session. Um, you've got Raquel Doncho, who is the uh, public safety critic. She's on leave right now. She's having a baby. Congrats, Raquel. Um, so you've got Conservative Doug Shipley and Christina Michaud from the Block. They're going to vice chair the committee. Liberal uh, Ron McKinnon, who's a longtime chair of the committee is going to retain that position. Um, then they've got uh, Peter Schiffke and Chris Biddle from the Liberals and a couple of, of other backbenchers, Peter Julian from the NDP. And then for the Tories, aside from Doug Shipley, you've got Glenn Motts, Dane Lloyd, and Eric Malello. So it's it's just an inter interesting mix. So, you know, Pam and Tlaib have been replaced by... Uh, Jennifer O'Connell and Chris Biddle. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's funny oh, is boy. if you don't know who Chris Biddle is, he's this kind of beta male, uh, you know, so he's very weak. But then at the same time, he's really angry and aggressive and says rude things and then rolls over and shows his belly. If anyone says anything back and claims to be a victim, he's just a typical cry bully, you know, throws yeah. he's called me names, throwing things out there. And then when I come back to him and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. What about my concerns about this? He's like, I'm being attacked by the gun lobby. Yeah. Like same, same MO as all the rest of them. Yeah. Like uh, Adam Vancouver in. That's another guy. Yeah. Right. He belongs <laughs> in that little group. But yeah. Yeah. Just. And, and Pam, of course, because she was the worst. She'd say the most offensive things to people and do offensive things and then just be like, oh, my God. And then, you know, where's somebody wheeling the fainting couch? And then she. You know, like, yeah, she, if you remember, I don't get too, too sidetracked, but if you remember when I was in this, in, uh, in the, in committee hearings with her, she's like, I've been subject to your attacks. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't remember attacking you basically. I'm, I'm paraphrasing myself. Right. Yeah. Remember the bus. And I was like, oh, you mean we campaigned against you in a, in a federal election? That's an attack. Attack. Right. Like we've, we've campaigned yeah. against you in an election. Isn't that what democracy is by definition? I don't know. If you want to see an attack, look at the way she treated Jim Shockey yes. when he came and spoke at committee. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wild. Anyway, so we've we've got an all-star lineup here, here oh. in the new SECU committee. So I am very excited about it. Could it. But there's a reason why they start pulling out these like, you know, bizarre backbenchers and stuff and sticking them in these committee, in these committees is number one, it gives them a little bit, uh, it gives them more money. And secondly, it also they're trying to um, trying to bring more uh, credentials to these people, right? Trying to lift them up, because if you head over to three three eight Canada and look at their ridings and see how they're how they're polling, you've got Chris Biddle who is being obliterated. Three three eight Canada has his riding of St. Catharines, Ontario, at a ninety five percent chance of flipping Conservative. Conservatives are polling forty percent. And like, remember, we don't have nominations yet. So like literally, literally the 
the zero candidate that we don't even know, nameless, faceless candidate, is pulling at 40% against him at 31%. And Jennifer O'Connell, her riding of Pickering-Uxbridge is a toss-up, conservative-leaning. So there's a 69% chance she's going to lose her seat too, which would be absolutely beautiful. So the idea here is if we stick them on committees, make them a little more visible, you know, it'll sort of bring up their standing and, and hopefully give them a little bit of help to not lose their, their writings, which they will. Well, it almost also seems like the, the strategy is they're going to, they're just burning up their losers. Like they don't want the, like I said before, the albatross of the gun file wrapped around Dominic LeBlanc's neck because he might, oh run, no, he might run again. It's like, well, I need, I need somebody to throw to the walls. It's like, well, McConnell's probably not going to win again. And she's wildly incompetent and highly unlikable. Yes. So she's probably not going to win. You know, I just chew, put, throw her in the meat grinder of the gun file. And then Biddle will throw him in there too, because he's just a worthless troll, basically like, you know, Gerritsen and the rest. It's like, well, these people are just going to, they're going to disappear anyway. Um, not before they get their pension, by the way. You know, it's it's funny because when I was, because O'Connell is like, nobody knows her, right? And I looked up her parliamentary file. She's on like, I don't know, like six committees. And and people don't realize, like you get anywhere from nine to $12,000 a year more on top of your 182 to be on committees. Like she's she's coming up like a quarter million dollars. Oh, I, yeah. I can't imagine such a worthless employee in the private sector pulling down a quarter million dollars. Oh no. Well, that's why they cling to it. Right. I mean, that's why, why th that's the entire purpose of stuff like their legislation, their gun legislation and all of these things. It's not about public safety. It's about electability. And if they think it'll help them in an election, it doesn't matter who they hurt in the meantime or on the way up, as long as they can get themselves reelected, hold on to that power, hold on to that money and that's it. It doesn't matter what happens to the country. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's just the way politics works in Canada. And we're kind of stuck with it for this uh, at this point, I guess. All right, let's move on. Anyways, I'm very excited about the new SECU committee. Like, bring it on. <laughs> well, I think it's probably worth mentioning since it's a podcast and we, we do have time to talk about it. Um, the committee meetings for Bill C-21 in the in the house they're done so we won't yeah they're done we won't be appearing in front of that committee and that committee won't be dealing with bill c21 again um but because it's now the senate and then the senate will make its recommendations the house will decide whether or not it wants to take its recommendations and then it just achieves oral assent governor general signs yeah. off on it and, and it's law um but That's assuming they don't table anything new yeah but right? if they table something new then we'll be dealing with these this ragtag group of you know circus animals um, which is, you know, selfishly, it's bad for gun owners if they do something new, but man, will we get a lot of entertainment out of it? I will tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. So there was a uh, conference and, uh, the organization is called the CAHS. So this is the Canadian Academy of Health Sciences. This is a new organization, uh, that was created, uh, for doctors to, well, anyway, you know what? I'm going to read their own about um, things. So they did a big, okay. I guess the reason we're bringing it up is they had a big anti-gun conference, right? So yeah. if you go to their website, which is cahs-acss, I guess that must be the French version, .ca, and you click about, you'll find uh, this little descriptor. It says, this new organization, the Canadian Academy of Health Sciences, was fashioned after the National Academy of Medicine, formerly known as the Institute of Medicine, 
in the USA. This is a, a U, American style organization US inspired. here. Yeah, Amer American style. This is uh, like a, a NRA style thing to provide, okay. and this is the funny part actually, this is the humorous part, to provide independent, objective, evidence-based analysis of health challenges that inform both public and private sectors in decision-making about policy practice and, and investment. So pretty, pretty hilarious, actually, I find. So anyway, uh, the CAHS had a conference on a uh, big anti-gun conference, and um, they, uh, they had quite a lineup. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, well, they had literally two days. I was looking at the schedule, and it's actually quite grueling. They had a lot going on, but they had a lot of kind of notorious anti-gunners to put forward on panels. So they had, like, Dr. Philip Berger, uh, Blake Brown, uh, Ralph Blake Brown. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Adam Vaughn, failed liberal uh, GTA uh, Toronto uh, <laughs> MP. Frank Graves from Ecos Polling you know, to do some, some polling stuff for them. Wendy Sukir was there, Najma Ahmed, Alan Drummond, Bernie Faber from the Canadian Hate Network, um, AJ Somerset, uh, the Ken from the Danforth families, like uh, Natalie or um, Heidi Rathjen from uh, Polly Susuvien. It was like a who's who of the anti-gun lobbyists. So, yeah. Yeah. Big, uh, a big two-day conference, gala dinners. All kinds of nice stuff. A little confab of, of people that uh, want to extinguish legal gun ownership in Canada. Yeah, and it's funny. I've actually spoken to a few different academics and doctors who had put forward to, to you know, speak or appear like they wanted to be involved in this, you know, evidence-based discussion. Um, you know, and I mean, you would think you would want to hear from a variety of opinions and expertise. But no, they, they never heard back. Well, for an organization that's looking to for evidence-based this, that, or the other thing, whatever, just clearly it's just lip service because they're only interested in one side of the story, only one set of right. evidence. If there's other evidence, like peer-reviewed studies, then they're, and, but they go counter-narrative, then it's like, oh, yeah, we don't need any of that. Like, you know, it's, right. it's, to me, it's, that's just so fascinating, right? It's like, how, how weak is your argument when you have to silence the other side and make sure they never get a word in edgewise. It's an entirely, yeah. a group of entirely unserious individuals taking themselves way too seriously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently they did have a good laugh. They put up, they apparently they were reviewing some, some tweets, gun, gun lobby troll tweets, which I assume was, was ours. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So I mean, they had a good laugh. This is a serious so. medical con conference, mm -hmm. right? Dealing with uh, matters of public health. And so, of course, they got to bring on one of the docs from Protections of Guns to show mean tweets. Like that's yeah. the, the I mean, if you want to know the level that you're dealing with, level of professional, just look out at their at their thing. And they bring in A.J. Somerset to talk about the gun lobby. Like yeah. is the gun lobby part of the public health strategy or is it just like, oh, we want to we want to put down the other side so nobody ever listens to them. Don't yeah. worry about their evidence. They don't have any. That's why we didn't have them here. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a big, you know back rubbing convention yeah. like well you know in this country too we're having a little bit of a health uh healthcare crisis we're very short staffed all across the country i know in every region it's a problem and you know lots of time for this oh yeah yeah absolutely people don't have family doctors it, right? some people haven't had a family doctor for a decade 16 hour Eight. waits in 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 emergency rooms Clinics that are are stuffed full by 9 a.m. 
They got to put mm-hmm. up a sign that they're not taking any new any new walk-ins at like 11 a.m. every single day. But you know what? They they're not interested in any of that stuff, which is their wheelhouse. They yeah. they're at, they're at a conference putting up mean tweets from the gun lobby on the on the screen. Like that's that's who they are. Yeah. Gala dinners and mean tweets, yep. right? So. Absolutely. Good for anyway. them. All right, enough of the about these uh these folks. Okay, I think we covered everything this time around. Yeah. I think we got it. <laughs> All right, thanks for the update. We'll see you next time. We'll see you then. All right, that's going to do it for episode 150 of the CCFR Radio podcast. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Really appreciate it. Um, if you've got friends that are firearm owners and they're not, wa- not watching the CCFR Radio podcast, share it with them. Tell them that, uh, that there's an opportunity to find out exactly what's going on that's affecting their ability to legally own and use firearms uh, by watching the podcast every two weeks. And we're covering almost everything. I always have more things uh, to cover, but I have to prioritize. Um, there's a lot going on. And uh, so anyway... Share the uh, podcast with them. Hopefully, they, uh, they'll they enjoy it. Uh, we try to have a little bit of fun as well. It's almost like gallows humor. If you're not la- laughing at all this stuff, you're crying, right? And, and speaking of which, I want to leave you with this one thought before I let you go. It's, it's kind of important. You know, everything that we've been through with the liberals for eight years, right? Like election interference and scandals and ethics violations and the total destruction of our economy. Um, you know, the destruction of the Canadian dream for millennials and Gen Zs. They're, you know, I mean, I think it's becoming pretty clearly obvious that they're not going to live and have the same opportunities as my generation, the Gen Xers, had. Um, why? Well, the liberals. They just, they've just wrecked everything. National unity, culture wars, um, you know, just you name it, right? And just, just, just look around. There's always a new scandal around the corner. All that being said, don't for a minute forget who's made it all possible and who is still holding us hostage with this government. It's the NDP, right? It's Jagmeet Singh, still needs another year or two for his pension. So, you know, who cares what's going on with Canada? You know, uh, Alistair McGregor, uh, Peter Julian, right? And who's that other guy? I ran into him on Parliament Hill there, and I was like, who the heck is this guy? And and Tracy, had, I was with Tracy, and Tracy told me his name. It was like, these people make a quarter million dollars a year, basically most of them, right? Depending on how many committees they are on, um, and this guy, like his shoes were all, look at him, you know, woke up in a dumpster with his shoes and this kind of old worn out suit jacket. I'm like, who is this guy? What was his name? Charlie Angus. That was, <laughs> he was like the, what are they, we can't call him homeless anymore. The unhoused. He looked like he was an unhoused MP. And I mean, like, these are the people that are watching Canadians go through all of this stuff. These people know better. They know, they understand that that the, it's the policies, it's the liberals' policies and their bad behavior that, are, that have caused probably 85% of the problems that we've seen, you know, the, the, the turmoil that the country's in. And they're sitting back and they're like, well, if the liberals aren't in, we're irrelevant. Besides, the NDP are in, such, they're in, in, in tatters as a, as a political party. They can't even afford to run an election. And those few things that I just mentioned are enough that they're like, mm, you know what, who cares what Canadians want or what the country needs? We're just gonna we're just gonna hang on. We're gonna keep the the liberals in power. We're not voting no confidence. We'll be we'll be irrelevant, you know. And Jag me to be like I'm not. I got to get that pension, man. I don't have enough money. I need more Rolexes or whatever his whatever his motivations are. I I I don't know. I can only speculate, right? But they're keeping the liberals in for those reasons, not because that is the government that Canada needs right now. So come if there's a snap election or you're talking to your friends, or whatever. Don't forget. The only reason we still have this government in place 
as malevolent, horrible government, worse than the history of the country, is because of the NDP and the MPs that are sitting there that have the power to get them out. They're not doing it. So anyway, don't forget the, N the NDP. They have everything to do with all of this stuff. So anyway, all right. Thanks again. Like I said, thanks so much for listening. If you want to become a member of the CCFR, you can find us at firearmrights.ca or ccfr.ca. If you want to donate, you can do that there. If you want to become part of the Insiders uh, group. So the Insiders Club, If just in case you didn't know, if you donate on a recurring basis, and you can do that with you know in one kind of click thing, uh, you can donate a recurring donation of $20 or more per month. Gets you in the Insiders group. You have access to Tracy Wilson and I, for an insiders meeting on Zoom every month, we have a draw for prizes. We do three draws every every meeting, and the meetings run from an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how busy we are. But that's part of the insiders group there, and we do share some insider information. We did actually in the last meeting. Come to think of it, not sure whether I should have disclosed that, but I did. Uh, but anyway, you can do all that over at firearmrights.ca. Thanks so much, everyone, for your support. Take care. We'll see you next time. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.